Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, folks, thank you for showing up yet another awesome episode of Enterprise Now. I have with me Sean, Sean, pronounce your last name for me. Gallius. I have with me Sean Gallius, and we haven't met in person yet. We've only met in 2D, but I could tell you just from meeting him in the virtual world, he is dynamic and full of knowledge. But before we get to any of that dynamicism, is that a word? And awesomeness, Sean, can I get an oh yeah? You sure can. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. He told me that it was going to be different and unique and he he delivered on that. All right, Sean, we like to get right to the point. So why don't you tell us what is your favorite area of business we got operations sales marketing and finance which one of those areas do you wake up in the morning saying oh man i want to do some of that well Elsie, um i wouldn't pick any of those um to be totally honest with you the, that list d- didn't touch me at all because my favorite area of business is around people and culture. So I'm not sure there's a title or something you can put to that, but that is where my heart is and where my passion is. What is it about people and culture that does that for you? Well, when I think about businesses and life, we spend so much time in organizations and working in businesses. And I think we've got to turn those into places where it sort of brings life out of us rather than just sort of being sort of a, this, you know, I'm just doing it for a dollar. You want to go there and live. And that, that's what I try to focus on with people, with leaders, with organizations. Yeah, there seems to be a common theme. The longer I'm in business and in entrepreneurship, the more I realize that it's kind of about people. I second the motion. Now, tell me some things that you've learned specifically about people that has led to some of the successes that you, you, you've experienced, right? How does that lead to human work? Well, you know, one thing I think when organizations, leaders, entrepreneurs think about people, I think they have sort of a limited perspective of, of getting the best out of somebody, Elsie. You know, I think they focus on, okay, how smart are they? You know, intelligence and IQ and that whole cognitive ability. And they may even focus a little bit on that personality. You know, people think, oh, is it a personality fit? Is, you know, can we have a good relationship? But what I've learned and what really drives me is sort of that third part of all of our minds. And that's that conative part of our minds. And what I mean by that, it's sort of our instinctual gut. We're all wired some way that we can't 
help but live and do. And as soon as entrepreneurs and when you start a business or are looking to sort of expand and go in a different direction, understand that about yourself and about others that you work with, it just opens up that whole sort of living your best life kind of experience. Got it. So how did human works come about? I kind of know the story because I know some people that work in the organization, but for the <laughs> listeners, how'd that happen? Well, um, I had a really fun career, 25 years leading an HR team for an organization. And that organization went through a merger. And uh, within months, I realized, whoa, this new organization is not going to be a fit for my beliefs, who I am, what I'm about, what I want to do in the world. So I said, hey, I'll stick with it for a year. I'll help transition. I'll do what I can. But then I'm going to go. I'm out. And I made that really, really clear. I was very transparent with what's going to happen. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do when I leave, but I know I'm going to leave. And so in April of 2019, I left that organization, which I thought I would spend the rest of my life. And by October of 2019, I had founded Human Works 8. And so, and what I did, I just said, okay, I'm going to bring together everything I believe around people, culture, and not do it in one organization, but try to share it on a broader perspective with others and try to help people. Little did I know what was going to happen months later and how even more appropriate and, and more critical it was for everybody. But that's sort of, that's my history in a nutshell. So let's lift up the hood a little bit. <laughs> people are important. We got that. They are the engine that runs everything. We got that. How do you get the best out of people, right? As an entrepreneur, to grow and scale beyond yourself, you have to have people on your team. What are ways that you can get the best out of your teammate? You know, I think it's a great question. And it sort of leads back to what I was talking about, sort of those three parts of all of our minds. But at the same time, I, I think, and even being an entrepreneur, I think sometimes entrepreneurs think, oh, I've got to do everything. You know, I, I've got to do everything. You know, I, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And that becomes kind of a you know, drag is probably a nice word to say it. It can really bring, you know, your energy down. And I think a first lesson, if you haven't learned that as an entrepreneur, I know I had to sort of live through some bumps that way is that you can't do it all. And you got to learn first, what is, what is your unique ability? What passion do you bring to all parts of your life that you're bringing to your business? And then really, how do you spend it? You know, I'm going to use the 80-20 rule, but at least 80%, the majority of your time on that. And then surround yourself by all of those people, or you know, depending on how big of your team is or your business is, that can do some of those things that aren't in your sweet spot so much better than you can, and then let them just run with it as mm -hmm. far as that goes. And I love to do that. I'm doing that with HumanWorks. I've got three, our team is a team of four, so it's a relatively small team. But I've surrounded myself with people that do things that I don't do well at all, but that love and that are wired that way and just want to put energy to those things. What advice would you have for people who are listening to this and they're saying, yeah, Sean, that's great when you have the revenue, but what if you don't have the revenue yet? For example, me now, I do have a small team, so thankfully I don't have to do everything myself, but that wasn't always the case. There was a time where I did everything. I did the editing. I did the outreach. I was the guy. My opinion is that that's helpful in some ways because I know how to do everything. So you can't BS me. You can't tell me that it takes a certain amount of time to edit a podcast episode because I've edited maybe thousands of them. Right. So where, where's the balance between, you know, budget and ability and being able to build that team over over time, right over your, your growth cycle? 
Yeah, and I, I see what you mean, Nelsie. What I would say, you have to sort of prioritize that too. You know, what I, you know, the way I sort of thought about it is looking at, okay, here's my sweet spot. Here are my unique abilities. Here's what I do well. What are my hurt areas that I know I could do them? We're humans. We can do anything we darn well want to do anytime. But at the same time, I'm not going to do it as well as others. So for me, that's really in the areas of really the social media. I've got somebody that's really good and keeping that alive, working close. You mean you don't love social media? <laughs> it's not my favorite sweet spot to stay up on that, Elsie. I love it. But, you know, I don't know about you. I just get, you know, I get overwhelmed. I can't keep up with it. How do you keep up with it is, is my thing. But I know we have to be out there and find unique ways to position ourselves to talk about. So I like, you know, one thing I do, too, is, you know, I recently just started, you know, on LinkedIn, sort of this Wondering Wednesday is a really small little questioning moment that I know I can manage really, really well, that sort of gets a voice out there and then starts conversations that way. And I think that's for entrepreneurs to think about that. What is that little small capture you can do? And then you can build and then help others as you can grow, take some of those pieces and then really flourish with them. Got it. So before we hit record in the green room, we were talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, there's a certain level of bravado and ego that you actually need to have in order to be successful as a business owner. So we don't like to admit all the time when we do things that are maybe not the smartest thing. So I'm curious to know what is the stupidest thing you've done? What's something you've done and you look back and say, man, that was probably not my best moment. Oh, wow. There's so many. I mean, I, if I would have known that question, I could have, we could have done a whole podcast <laughs> around the stupidest moments as far as that goes. And I'm a firm believer in Yoda that mistakes are sort of your greatest teacher as mm -hmm. far as that goes, because that's, that's where you learn the most. When, when it hurts the most, I think you learn the most in, mm -hmm. in a certain <laughs> sort of odd sort of way. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things is what I used to do, I used to do so much preparation, whether it was before a pitch or a meeting, weeks before, days, you know, and it would stress the heck out of me as far as that goes. I learned I wasn't working my way. You know, I thought, oh, that's what you have to do as an entrepreneur. You have to put all this sort of energy and time. And going back to that trusting your gut, I wasn't trusting my gut. Now, even for today, Elsie, I prepared this morning. I thought about this morning because my last minute energy is when I'm at my best. If I would have prepped for this a week ago, I would have like, oh my, it would stress me out. So I think it's, it's kind of like a real awakening, but I went through a lot of hurt and pain and stress. Talk about burnout because I was just working against, you know, the way I work. So I would just say, go, it's that whole gut thing. I think sometimes as humans, we have a tendency not to trust our gut, go with our gut, and we tend to go with what other people tell us or what we see other people doing. As entrepreneurs, you can't do that. You got to find your, like I said, unique ability, your passion, your sweet spot again. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of times when you allow people to tell you what you are and what you will be, <laughs> you will be miserable. Well, I know you can see the smile on the face. I wish your listeners could see this because I, I totally agree with that. And how often does that happen, whether it's in an entrepreneurial small company or even a large company where you're told to do something and then it just feels like it's going against the grain? You know, I'm rubbing my hands together. I know that it feels like, and when you're doing that, that takes so much extra energy. And that's where stress and burnout comes, you know, no matter in any kind of organization as business is when you're working against the grain. And 
for me, then I have to take a breath. That's why I always say I have to take a breathe. I have to disconnect. I have to escape. I have to get that energy back and sort of, you know, start again. Man, time flies when you're having fun, Sean. But <laughs> but I have one more question for you before we say goodbye. Please. Any tips and tricks for hiring and firing? I know some people say hire fast, fire faster. What's your take on when you're building a team? How do you know that the person is going to work? And when they don't, how do you make changes? That's a good question. And I think if people are going right now, I think people are going through, I'll hire anybody, you know, talk about it. You know, where, where is talent? Give me talent um, as far as that goes. But here's what I think. I think when you're looking at people, you know, I was just talking with a client and they were saying, oh, the interview process here is so strict and stringent and it's scary. And I'm like, I'm the total opposite. If I'm going to interview and really find out about somebody, I need to make them feel as comfortable and as most them as possible, because that's what I have to live with for 40 or more hours a week mm -hmm. um, is that person. It's not their, their great presentation. It's just who they are naturally. So I think making somebody feel comfortable in the hiring process, not worrying, you know, you want to look at their cognitive ability, but just what are they going to bring and really talking about their passions or when they get in the groove, what are they working on to really see if that's a fit to what the job or the role is entailing. So again, I would say, job role. I'm not saying it's not important, but I say the person is more important first. And then if you have the luxury of sort of matching up that talent, maybe you'll discover it's not for the role they're hiring with, but oh my gosh, I need that kind of energy, that kind of ability over here in my business. And I think that's sometimes where I, another hint I would say, don't go in saying I'm hiring this person for this job description, saying I'm going in looking for good people, good talent. We all have that same innate energy and instinct to do well, then figure out what's the best role for them. So that's on the hiring front. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah. And then on the firing front, uh, <laughs> I would do this when anything's not going well in a business. So often we think, oh, it'll fix itself. It'll, it'll work out. And you can't extend that pain. You know, I think you have to go with your gut right away. Now, I would say in these times, talent is sometimes hard to find. My first thing would be, is this person just not wired and have the right innate instincts for this role? Can I use them somewhere else? Because it could just be that, and they're just not in the right role. But if that cognitive, that personality effective, and that sort of innate instinct is not right for what your business, your culture, your values, they need to go. And it's best for them and it's best for you. So to have that conversation right away, I always like to sort of say, help them on their way. I always like to do good. So I'm saying, hey, we want to build you to your next role. It's not here. What can I do to help you find it? What can I help you do to get you set for whatever that is? Beautiful, beautiful. I, I've always found that people have a tendency to know when it's not going well. And um, you, you'd be surprised when you get to that moment. If you've done your job as a leader, then nobody's surprised, right? We're kind of avoiding the moment sometimes, but typically nobody's surprised that that is not working. I agree. That's the way it should be there. It shouldn't be a surprise that they're on their way out. And it, probably too, just talking about it gives them a little relief, like, okay, okay. Yep. We're all in agreement here. Let's make this move. Yeah. I love what you said about, we'll help you find your next role. It's not here, but we'll help you find Yeah, it. I'm all about it. <laughs> I, I want them to be successful. It's just, it's not a fit here. And, and, and again, to your point, they probably know it. I know as a leader or, you know, as a, a team member, we know it. Let's see what we can do to, to both go on a better path.
Well, Sean, this was a lot of good stuff. And um, to um, your earlier point, I actually did make it to the second page of notes. So um, take wow. take that. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, anytime you want to have a conversation about people and culture, LZ, um, hey, invite me back. I'm here for you. I appreciate that. Sean, if people want to reach out to you to learn more about people, culture, to learn more about human works or to just say hi, how can they do that? Um, Humanworks8. Dot com is the website, so you can reach me there. I'm on LinkedIn. If you reach out to me and say hi, I'll say hi back. I guarantee it. Even though I said social media wasn't my best, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get there. I love those personal hellos. Um, so those are probably the best places. If you're on Facebook, I'm there. You can find me. But probably LinkedIn or through humanworks8.com are the places, Elsie. Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for your time. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.